Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 24 of The Sco Show. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair on a Sunday night, October 6th, in the wake of New England, moving to 5-0 on the young season with a 33-7 victory on the road in Washington. This glorious victory show, as always, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. As we do on each glorious victory show, We've gotten a little used to these by now, and it feels pretty good to be 5-0. and We're going to talk about the great, we're going to talk about the good, and we're going to talk about some of the bad that we saw in New England's 33-7 victory on the road. But before we do that, your usual cavalcade of reminders here at the outset. Please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, those three SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the one and only QB Sco Show with the one and only Michael J. Kist. And of course, right here at the Sco Show and Pat's Pulpit. Let's talk great here at the outset. And let's talk big picture about the offense. I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. We've been, and with good reason, starting with the defense for most of these glorious victory shows because the defense has been fantastic and it was But for basically one play, fantastic again on Sunday down at FedEx Field. But I want to start with the offense because, let's be honest, I don't, if you're anything like me, at one point, probably late first half, you might have felt like I did when Brady took another sack on a third down situation. Or you might have felt like I did when they just basically seemed to just give up offensively in a situation where perhaps maybe you thought they'd have a chance to double dip and they kind of ended up doing that anyway. But on their seventh drive of the game, it's 9-7. They get the ball back with a good chance to double dip after forcing a punt on a fourth and four. It was that weird sequence of plays where you know, Washington starts deep in their own territory. You get a false start. You get a holding penalty. You get another false start. Holding near the end zone, which was very close to being a safety. They declined that one. It's a third and 15. You stop them. It's fourth and four. You're looking at a situation where you might really have a good chance to put points on the board. And then they get Brady. Has to scramble. He slides. It looks like they're converting the third and five, but it's offensive holding. 
They got a third and 15, and they just run white on the inside. I'll let you in on a little secret, friends. I threw the notebook across the room when that happened. I was a bit frustrated at that point because it's 9-7. You're feeling like they just don't. You're letting this team that you're clearly superior to hang around in this game. So I was frustrated at times with this team. I was frustrated at times with this offense. But they really sort of turned it around, especially in the second half. And I want that's where I did want to start. I want to start with their opening drive of the second half, where they sort of went right down the field and scored. And if you noticed on that drive, something they started to do out of a two-back set, was they would go shotgun with Brady and Sony Michelle. They would flex Jakob Johnson outside, and then they would shift back to an I formation. And when they started doing that, it seemed like the offense clicked a little bit better. I mean, here's what they did on that drive. First and 10, they had that little flex out, come back in, Sony Michelle for plus two on the inside. Second and eight, Brady under center, Michelle for plus three. Now here's third and five, and I wrote down, before this ball was snapped. You can't go three and out here. Brady gets flushed to his right. Fantastic throw and the swing wheel route adjustment to James White out of the backfield. Great catch, great yardage after the catch. And soon play first and 10. They start with that. Johnson flexed out, comes back in. Run, Sony Michelle on the inside. Johnson with a fantastic block. Gain of five right there. Next play, they start with that wide flex with Johnson. He comes back in. He has a great block on the inside. Get a first down run there. Next play, first and 10. 12 personnel, two tight ends in the group. Brandon Bolden on the inside. Joe Tooney with a fantastic pull to the right. Gain of four. Second and six. Bolden with a touchdown. He keeps going upfield. He starts on a swing route. Keeps getting vertical. Brady gets flushed. Fantastic throw on the move. Under pressure, Tom Brady to Brandon Bolden for the touchdown. That drive is when I felt better about this offense. And it's frustrating because they had a good drive in the first quarter on their first touchdown drive. And it was a tremendous response, too. Because let's face it, Washington gets on the board with a 65-yard touchdown run. The home crowd, what was there of a home crowd, because I had some friends at the game down here in Washington and it was 50-50, if not 60-40, New England fans. The Senator Phil Perry was at the game. He basically thought it was just Pats fans there. But now it's 7-0 Washington. New England has a fantastic response. They use tempo on this drive. Michelle gets stopped on first down. Second and 10, you're going up tempo. Izzo with a fantastic adjustment on a vertical route. Throws behind him. Makes a great adjustment. Next play, first and 10, Brady under center. Play action crosser to Matt Lacoste, working right to left. Good touch. Brady gets it over the underneath defender. Good yardage after the catch. Lacoste even with a little change of direction move. So he picks up a first down there. First and 10 there and empty out of the gun. Slant inside to Shoney Michelle, who had a couple catches in this game, and that was good to see. Good little catch and run from the running back who was flexed out wide to the left. First and goal, Brady enters center. Michelle inside for three. Second and goal, Brady in the shotgun. Edelman at the number three spot inside to the trip's left. Touchdown on the slant. I thought that was a fantastic drive. Those two drives, I thought, really sort of stood out to me. And I did like when New England went tempo. And they seemed to do it out of bigger personnel sets, 12-21, trying to get Washington to stay in base. I do want to see some more of that. 
I thought the run game was better. I thought the run game was better in this game. You know, from a pure production standpoint, look, it's not great. It's not 100, but Sonny Michelle 16 for 91 and a touchdown with a lot of 25. As a team, 27 for 130 for a touchdown and a lot of 25. Obviously, Michelle with a touchdown carry. That's probably where you would hope for New England's running game to be. Because, you know, they still look like a throwing team. Brady threw, what, 31 times in the first half? But still, 12 from 130, that's not bad for a team that's trying to find the run game. And I thought some of the run blocking was very good. Jakob Johnson and Joe Tooney, I thought, were fantastic in this game, watching it live. I thought Karras struggled at times. I think Shaq Mason had a decent day. Newhouse, I'm going to mention him a little bit later. I think he had a couple of good plays. You know, it's hard to watch the blocking live. You don't get a true feel for it. I'll get a better sense of that when I watch the All-22. I like that shift in stuff that we just mentioned where they start with that heavy set, Johnson out wide, and then they shift back into an eye formation. I liked when they did that. I thought that was a nice little look for New England. And so, look, some of the stuff that they did on offense I did like. It wasn't the full-on get-right kind of game that I think we were all hoping for. But it was a nice performance from the offense. Now you get a short week. You get the Giants coming to town on Thursday night. Let me get the mini-bye before taking on the Jets on a Monday night. So you get an extra little mini bit to the mini-bye here. So it's, this should be a very good stretch for New England to totally get right. Defensively, look, we're running out of ways to describe this defense. And yes, you're going up against Washington. We talked about it going into this game. They have some nice designs. Terry McLaurin is a nice player, but they seem to be lacking. Cole McCoy making his first start. Did look rusty. 18-27. Throws an interception, which was a bad pick at that moment. I don't think it was on him, though. You know, sacked six times for a loss of 44 yards total. QBR of just 9.8. Like, not great. Their best runner was Sims on the one carry for 67. Other than that, Smallwood 6 for 27. AP 7 for 18. And those were hard 18 yards. You know, so they stopped the run. McLaren, 3 for 51. I would have taken that going in. Knowing he was going to be able to go. If you would have told me he'd get 3 for 51 and no touchdowns, I'd be completely happy with that. Look, the defense is fantastic. The linebackers are fantastic. You can see the difference that Dante Hightower makes as well. The reads, the recognition, the click and close when he reads his keys and explodes downhill. His name just scattered through my notes in watching this game. The secondary was fantastic. Stephon Gilmore, again, matched up against Terry McLaurin. I thought he had a fantastic game. Guys at all levels of the second. Jonathan Jones forced a fantastic fumble. Jason McCourty with a pick, which we'll talk about in the next segment. I thought he did a fantastic job. The guys up front just were running out of ways to describe how good this defense is and how good it can be. And let's face it, look, you've got Daniel Jones on Thursday night. You've got the mini bye, and then maybe you get Sam Darnold back. Then at the end of the month, you get Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Like That might be your toughest test left in the month of October. And you've already seen the Jets once. And then going into November, you've got Baltimore on the road on a Sunday nighter. That offense was great to start the season. Teams seemed to be figuring them out. They had to go to overtime against Devlin Hodges from Mighty Samford. And then you get a bye. Look, things are set up really well for New England right now. 
Maybe it wasn't the get-right game on the offensive side of the ball maybe we all hoped for, but still a pretty, pretty decent victory. And anytime you win a game in the NFL, it's hard, so it's great when you do it. Anytime you win a road game in the NFL, even better. Anytime you at least show signs of improvement in areas that are of concern, such as the run game, even getting Sony Michelle involved in the pass game, it's a good thing. So a good win. Those are some of the great things that I wanted to highlight. Up next, we're going to run through some of the individual effort plays, some of the individual moments that really stood out to me. And plus, we'll talk about some of the bad stuff, some big picture stuff, some game balls, and the take of the game from the Sco Show Slack channel. That is all ahead on this 24th installment of the Sco Show, which is our fifth, but hopefully not the last, glorious victory installment of the 2019 season. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 24 of this ghost show, our fifth straight glorious victory installment of one of your favorite Patriots podcasts. I won't say your favorite, but one of your favorites. And time to talk about the good, the bad, the game boss, the take of the game. We'll start with the good. I'm going to run through some of the sort of individual plays and things like that that really stood out. I loved New England's open and defensive drive, the open and drive of the game. Washington won the toss. They elected to receive. Look, first play of the game. New England, bit of a slow start, we can say. I had to take a timeout, some substitution problems, getting, I believe it was Butler and Alandi Roberts onto the field. When play resumes, first and 10, play action, come back to Terry McLaurin in front of Stephon Gilmore, and you're thinking, oh, oh, game on then. But New England then, fantastic on the next three plays. Jamie Collins with a great read on a run from Adrian Peterson, stops it just for a gain of two. Then they go outside zone on second and eight. Kyle Van Noy with a great job in the slot. He's lined it up in the slot. They have trips to the right. Van Noy, I had to double check before they snapped the ball here. Van Noy is outside over number two, the receiver, but he does a great job sort of setting the edge on a run to his side. Hightower chases it down from behind for a loss of one. Then on third and nine, Patriots go to the amoeba look. Butler at nose tackle. Everybody else standing up. They were in a mirrored end tackle stunt. So on both plays, you have on one side, Kyle Van Noy lined up outside. On the other side, you have Chase Winovich. Tackles go upfield. These guys loop behind them into the inside. Both of them get pressure. Winovich gets the sack, but both Winovich and Van Noy were in position for sacks there. New England's first offensive drive. I love the swing route to Sonny Michelle on a second and 10, their second offensive play of the game after a drop by Matt Lacoste on a stick route on New England's first offensive play. Also, if you had a chance to watch this game on CBS during New England's first drive. There was a fantastic discussion, just a couple of seconds from Trent Green talking about how he was talking with Tom Brady about the difference between completion percentage and accuracy. And those of you, if look, if you're listening to the show, you're probably for some odd reason, which bewilders me, a fan of what I do. And you've heard me talk a lot about the difference between accuracy and completion percentage. And you heard Trent Green and Tom Brady talking about it. Brady saying, look, my completion percentage could be 80, could be 90. But if I'm not putting the ball where it needs to be, I don't care what that is. I want to be accurate with my throws. And so that's kind of what I talk about here on this show and elsewhere. I talked about New England's third 
drive of the game when they go down the field and score. Actually, I guess it's their second drive of the game. Um, fantastic drive there. New England's third possession of the game. They have a second and 20. Gordon on a crossing route against number 23 and just delivers the first of, I think, a couple of stiff arms from him because we have one later in the game. And I'll mention it now in case I forget later. The Josh Gordon stiff arm is becoming one of those video game type things. You know how you can create your characters in video games and, you know, level up skills and things like that. He's leveled up that stiff arm to like a 99. It's one of the best traits in football, I think, right now, is the Josh Gordon stiff arm. And he was against Quinton Dunbar on this play. I don't know who he got on the other one, but just an incredible use of upper body strength. Um, the third and nine, where they throw the first, it's on the same possession, in cut to Josh Gordon right at the first down marker. The hands he had on that play, it was he was under duress when he made the catch. He had a defender draped on his back, but still had the hand strength to bring it in. You know, that was a play that I really liked, the hand strength from him. The fourth down play, we'll get to when we talk about the bad from today's game. Um, Washington's fourth drive of the game. This is at the start of the second quarter. Third and two, they go play action boot to the left. Hightower explodes downhill for the sack. Good zone coverage underneath. I wanted to highlight this play because I talk so often when I'm talking about the Patriots offense in terms of how they use motion, right? They use motion to give Tom Brady that pre-snap indicator. On this play, they have pre-snap motion from, I believe, left to right or right to left. I think it was right to left now that I'm thinking about it because it was Quinn who comes in motion from right to left, and he's running a curl route, okay? And off of the play-action fake to his right, McCoy boots out to the left, and he wants to hit Quinn on that curl route on third and two. The problem is... When Quinn comes in motion, nobody moves in the secondary. So McCoy should know right there that he might not have this route because they're going to be in zone coverage. So he needs to look perhaps to a different zone beater if that isn't there right away. But instead, when Quinn curls, the underneath zone coverage is right on top of him. So McCoy needs to come off of that, but he doesn't. And he gets sacked. And I thought this was a tremendous example of how the Patriots use motion and what information it gives Brady and Gruden trying the same thing for his quarterback, but his quarterback not doing the right thing, or at least not using that information once the play begins. Nugent's field goal. Hey, he missed the PAT, comes back with a field goal from 37. That was pretty nice. That made it a 9-7 game, or a lead that the Patriots would not relinquish. On the next play, it's uh, the 10-35 mark of the second quarter. It's Washington's fifth drive of the game. That underneath shovel to Sims. Fantastic job by Hightower to stay home there and the Gilmore as well. I thought that was read extremely well. New England's next position, first and 10 at the 838 mark of the second quarter. Brady under center, they motion. Brady knows it's man, play action. Edelman on an out-mount, that tremendous catch where he's on the left sideline, drags the toe. Fantastic individual effort there. Loved that catch. Jason McCourty's pick before halftime. Look, that was route communication. I mean, excuse me, route miscommunication more exactly. But look, you had a chance to double dip. The Patriots go three and out, however, after that weird drive filled with all sorts of penalties. Now you're thinking, I just throw my notepad across across the room, but now you've given your offense a chance to get points. Now they only come out of it with a field goal, but still, that was huge from the defense. Great job, Jason McCourty. 
man on the spot. Into the second half now, we broke down New England's touchdown drive to start the second half. I thought that was a fantastic drive. And then they had the other touchdown drive that ended with a Sony Michelle touchdown run. Some of the plays from that that I liked. Edelman with a catch off of a play-action crosser. Norman is covering him. Josh Norman is covering him. We talked with Mark Bullock about Josh Norman, who Mark says is near the end of his run on the back nine, so to speak. Norman gets flagged for defensive holding. Edelman still breaks away from him. And on that completion, Brady passes Brett Favre for third all-time in yardage. Then on the next play, first and 10, Sony Michelle left side for a big gain. He had a fantastic block from Izzo, sifting across. He's aligned in a wing to the right, comes across the formation, kicks out Ryan Kerrigan. Gain at 25, that's the longest on the day. Second and six on that drive. Motion again from Edelman. Brady knows it's man. Edelman's open on the crossing route. Yak as well. Some yardage after the catch. He's working again against Quinton Dunbar. Gets a bit of a rub as Matt Lacoste releases vertically, which creates a bit of the rub. And then on the touchdown run for Sony Michelle, Joe Tooney along with Jakob Johnson at the point of attack. Tooney on a pull. Johnson with the lead block. 26-7 New England. Some other, couple more plays to highlight. Um, New England's 12th drive of the game, I believe. First and 10. Motion from Edelman Gordon for a gain of 17. This is the stiff arm this time on John Bostick, the linebacker. And this is where I wrote his stiff arm becoming a devastating trait in the National Football League. And then their final touchdown run, some plays to highlight there. The final touchdown drive, excuse me. Uh, second and three on that drive. White to the left edge. Newhouse had a great pair of blocks. He blocks down on the defensive tackle, then up to the second level to get the linebacker. A third and four play. Johnson had a huge block in the hole. Sonny Michelle seemed confident reading and cutting off of it. Next play, first and 10. Johnson again with a great block, this time on linebacker Bostic, who gets stiff-armed on the previous drive by Gordon. Now he's getting blocked by the international player. And that's, that's, that's a tough break, kid. Here's a back ice. Ice down the marbles. Then the touchdown, Ryan is a wide open. Um, Brady finds him late in the play for the touchdown. Those were some of the good stuff. Those are some of the good things to highlight. We'll talk about the bad stick route dropped by Matt Lacoste to open the game. Can't have that. The touchdown run. I got a tough decision here to make in a moment because I want to give a game ball to everybody in the secondary, but the McCordy twins both missing tackles on that 65-yard touchdown run. You can't have that. Missed tackles. You can't do that in this league. Can't give. Look, I just got done coaching Little League, talking about kids giving extra outs to the team that's, you know, at bat. Can't give them extra yardage. Can't be missing tackles. Nugent, wide on the PAT. I don't want a kicking problem again, kids. I thought we were done with that. The fourth down, the fourth and one, the direct snap to White. It was Jessica Brand and others who sort of pointed out in the Scotia Slack channel, and I completely agree. Too slow developing, starts too deep in the backfield. I just didn't like the way that came together at all. And everybody kind of knew what it was coming. I mean, when you see Brady sort of get away from center, he doesn't usually, that's sort of a tell. Brady doesn't vacate the center spot when he's given that alert call or signals pre-snap, right? He always stays under center. To see him step away like that, I think everybody started mumbling direct snap or Philly special or something, you know, so that didn't really surprise anybody. Now, if they had had some sort of bubble element, or something else where White could have potentially thrown the ball. That might have worked. But even then, look, fourth and one, yeah, they were expecting sneak, do something different, throw shield screen or something. But I just thought that was one of those sort of too cute by half moments. Uh, some other bad things. The sack that Marcus Cannon gave up uh, midway second quarter when it was 9-7, just get bull rushed by Settle. Nah, you don't like seeing that. That That's no good. Uh, the Brady pick. 
I mean, you just got to eat it. Like, it's hard for me, washed up D3 quarterback, to sit here and criticize Tom Brady. And I know it sounds ludicrous when I do it, but that's the job. And yes, he's the greatest of all time, but that's one of those you got to just eat it. Or like you did later in the game, just a couple minutes later, throw it to the dude in the first row. Give the guy a souvenir. Like you can't force that throw blind. It was just a bad decision. We'd rather see him take a sack or throw it away. So that was pretty ugly. Don't like seeing that. Um, some second half stuff that was ugly. I think we kind of got away scot free for the most part. Nothing else I really wanted to highlight. Um, the pass pro at times did struggle, but again, you're playing with a backup at center spot, backup at left tackle. There are going to be missed protections at times. And this defensive front for Washington, they've got some talent up there. Look, you've got three first-round picks. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. Settle had the nice bull rush. I mean, they've got some talent. So you're going to give up plays. It happens. The tackle, and I mentioned injuries. Dorsett going out for the second half. You hate seeing that. Don't like seeing guys go down, especially when... Look, this team's thin to begin with, so that wasn't great. Third down's just 5 of 15 and 0 for 1 on fourth down. You'd like to see them clean that up as well. Uh, penalty 7 for 55. That's not good. So, look, that stuff wasn't great. The run-in game to start was a struggle, but I thought they sort of found their mojo, especially into the second half, so we'll give that sort of a 50-50. You know, they passed, barely. Just be thankful you. I'm in a good mood. How about that? Uh, game balls. Offensive side of the ball, we're going to give one to Tom Brady. I know the interception was bad, but look, you have a game like that. Last week, you come back, you throw three touchdowns. You move so well in the pocket. The pocket movement would say it was fantastic. So we'll give one to Tom Brady. Sony Michelle, good to see him sort of get things going. I thought Joe, Thun, Joe Tooney deserves one as well. Again, I'll have to look back at the All-22 to get a better sense of how the O-line did, but I thought he performed well. And he's moving his way to the meat halls. Jakob Johnson, I thought he played extremely well. Had a couple... I, th I think he had at least one catch. Maybe more? Let's see. He had just the one catch. But hey, gain of five. We'll take it. It was targeted twice. I mean, seems to be growing into that James Devlin role. And Devlin has a permanent spot at the Meat Halls. And I'm going to let the international boy come join him now. So Jakob Johnson gets a game ball. Defensively, we're going to give one definitely to Dante Hightower. I thought he was fantastic today. And we'll give one to everybody in the secondary, even though the McCourty Twins, you know, they missed tackles on that touchdown run, but Jason did himself, you know, with the interception in a huge spot. And look, with Patrick Chun out, you saw some Brooks in the game, but Taylor Kyles, who will be on the show this week, making a triumphant return. He's already doing a, a Twitter thread as I'm recording the show. He's been highlighting the fact that DMC was down in the box a bit more, so playing a bit of a different role. Run that he can do and one that he's done before, but gets a game ball for that. Take of the game, John Limarakis. I thought it was a fantastic comment. This was late in the first half when People in the Scotia Slack channel were a little bit frustrated with how the offense looked when we were talking about them in contrast with the defense. He mentioned it was kind of like when you've got one kid that seems to be struggling academically, you just almost forget that the other one's getting straight A's. It kind of gets overlooked. And that's kind of how it felt about this Patriots offense and the Patriots defense. The defense is getting straight A's. The offense is struggling. You forget, hey, look, the other guys are doing great. And I thought that was a very, very fitting analogy for that moment, especially when I was just about to go out and Coach Little League, one more game this season. We'll get through it together, kids. But that will do it for today, this 24th installment of the SCO Show. We'll get the Diamond Show, 25. 
And Taylor Kyles, that's going to be out on Wednesday. On Thursday, look, short week, but we got a Thursday show, of course. Patricia Trania from the Locked On Giants podcast, as well as Sports Illustrated, where she covers the New York Giants, longtime Giants scribe. She knows the Giants inside and out. We're going to talk some New York Giants. That will be Thursday's show. And then, boom, we're right back into it. There will be a show late Thursday or Friday morning, recap of what we hope will be a sixth straight glorious victory installment of the show. That would be Show episode 26. But either way, I will be here to recap it all for you. And that will do it for show 25. We'll be back Wednesday with Taylor Kyles and more from this game. Then Thursday, we're into the Giants. And then boom, we're right back into it with the Giants game to talk about Thursday night. Until next time, friends, please do keep on blessing that Patriots reign down the Foxville.